Good evening. Another leader of Sri Lanka flees the country as protesters take over the nation's capital building and the homes of its leaders. President Biden makes it to the Middle East. We hear about what that means for the Palestinian people from the Fellowship of Reconciliation's new executive director, Bojo on the crash of Rooney in Parliament, the uh, troubling sound from Uvalde, inflation, and the Oath Keepers behind the unhinged meeting in the White House shortly before the president announced the march. He was going to have a rally in front of the White House and then march to the Capitol. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Wednesday, July 13, 2022. Sri Lanka's president fled that country today as protesters demanding a change in leadership then trained their ire on the prime minister and stormed his office. Thousands of protesters can be seen in videos clashing with police while storming prime minister's office in Colombo today after President Gotabaya Raja Paksa fled the country. Footage shows people in a standoff police near the prime minister's office as multiple shots, probably tear gas canisters, are heard. President Rajapaksa and his wife left aboard an Air Force plane bound for the Maldives, and he made his prime minister the acting president in his absence. That appeared to only further royal passions in the island nation, which has been gripped by mo- for months by an economic meltdown. Thousands of protesters who wanted Prime Minister Ranil Wickremesinghe to go rallied outside his office compound and some scaled the walls. The crowd roared in support for the people, charging in and tossing water bottles to those who got inside. Police initially used tear gas to try and disperse the protesters outside the prime minister's office, but failed. And more and more marched down the lane toward the compound as helicopters flew overhead. Some demonstrators held up their middle fingers. President Joe Biden today opened his first visit to the Mideast. He said today that uh, he would offer anxious Israeli leaders strong reassurances of his determination to stop Iran's nuclear program, saying he's willing to use force as a last resort. On an Israeli TV program, Biden said the only thing worse than the Iran that exists now is an Iran with nuclear weapons. Asked about using military force against Iran, Biden said if that was the last resort, yes. The United States and Israel are expected tomorrow to unveil a joint declaration cementing their close military ties. The president also visited Israel's Holocaust memorial, Yad Vashem, where he paid tribute at a flame burning in remembrance of six million Jews killed in Europe during World War II. place a wreath on the stone crypt containing the ashes of Holocaust victims, and Biden listened as a cantor recited the remembrance prayer. Biden also addressed the ongoing hostilities between Israel and the West Bank and Gaza, saying he still supports a two-state solution for Israelis and Palestinians. Greater connection. It's critical. It's critical, if I might add, for all the people of the region, which is why we'll we'll discuss my continued support 
even though I know it's not in the near term a two-state solution. That remains, in my view, the best way to ensure the future of equal measure of freedom, prosperity, and democracy for Israelis and Palestinians alike. We're going to celebrate the ending of people-to-people connection and the enduring connection. Biden is set to meet Thursday, that's tomorrow, with Israeli officials, including opposition leader and former prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He'll meet Friday with Palestinian officials. But critics say Biden's words are next to worthless because a two-state solution is impossible. Israel will never allow the existence of a Palestinian state on its borders. The new executive director of the nation's oldest peace organization, the Fellowship of Reconciliation, is Ariel Gold. She says the United States can't help in the Middle East until this country learns to deal with its own problems. The realistic thing is Biden saying I'm for the two-state solution, even though it's not on the horizon, is about the equivalent of him saying I'm for the continents of the world merging again, even though that's not going to happen. It's already a one state. It's one apartheid state from the river to the sea. This isn't unexpected from Biden. We, I certainly thought he would go there and blubber away about unbreakable, unshakable love for Israel, etc. And he has done exactly that. Why is he going to the Middle East? Is it to show his friendship with Israel or to get cheaper gas prices? Definitely to show his friendship with Israel. And I think he's comfortable in the Middle East. He spent a lot of time before being president there. I don't think he's going to get better gas prices from Saudi Arabia. If he were looking to mend that relationship, it can be done long distance. And Saudi's been quite firm and heard everything Biden said. So really what he's doing is making a fool out of himself in terms of Saudi Arabia, having called them a pariah during his candidacy. And now essentially going to kiss the ring and to pump up Israel some more. It's shameful, just shameful that he is landing in Israel in the wake of the grotesque murder of Shireen Abu Akha. Her family has spoken out about it. The U.S. government has given mealy-mouthed statements on accountability while being clear that there won't be accountability. And then Biden is there landing on the ground. It's really insulting. It was obviously a high-tech bullet. Where else could it have come from? They said it was likely from an Israeli soldier, but it must have been a mistake. That's quite the skilled soldier to mistakenly shoot a journalist with nobody else around, no fighters, in the head who's wearing a helmet and a vest. But as far as the Biden administration is concerned, that just lets Israel off the hook. I wouldn't necessarily say that the soldier knew that it was Shireen herself. This is a country whose military has complete impunity. The soldiers know that they can fire at will, and um, these are frequently young people. And uh, I think it was just the, uh, I I think the motivation was just to shoot a journalist, because, not because he could, he or she. Well, the officer who killed George Floyd got 30 years in jail. The U.S. has a lot of problems, but occasionally somebody gets 30 years in jail. Does that ever happen in Israel for this kind of thing? Yeah, I wouldn't say the U.S. is any better um, in some of these ways. I, I would say the closest that we saw a few years ago, it was a big show trial in Israel of a, a young soldier who executed a Palestinian in, in cold blood, an incapacitated Palestinian. He was released quite quickly. He certainly didn't get 30 years or any of that, but there was the facade of accountability. And we have that here in the U.S., the facade of accountability with much, much, much more work to be done. 
for racial justice addressing police violence here in the U.S. And Israel's in the same boat. There's so much to be done to address impunity and violent military occupation. It's no surprise that both Israel and the U.S. are in the same boat. They're ironclad allies, as Joe Biden just said. They share military training practices and police training practices. What do you think of the president's relationship with Saudi Arabia? We also better look here at home where we have an uncountable number of mass shootings 